0: Bye, kids. Have a good time. Hi, kids, the rest of you kids that are here. Good morning. I'm Dan. I'm the lead pastor here at Life Community. We're so glad you're here. If you're new, I'd love to meet you after the service. We are in week three of a series about questions that Jesus asked. Right? Jesus asked a lot of questions. And, and as we unpack them together, man, we can learn a lot about wh- who he is and about how he wants us to live. So the question we're going to talk about today is this. Jesus' question in Matthew eight twenty-six. If I can get there, which I'm working on it. I know it's coming. There it is. There it is. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? You of little faith, why are you so afraid? So we're in, we're in Matthew 8 today, if you want to turn there in your Bible. And just to give you a little background, Jesus has begun his ministry, right? He's called some people to follow him, his his disciples. Uh, these These men have witnessed some incredible things while they're with him. There's been healings that have happened, many of them. Some of them with a single word. People have been healed. But what they are about to witness is about to take them to a whole new level of woe what is going on here and a day that i'm guessing they're never going to forget so let's look at matthew 8 we're in verse 23 so let me read here then he jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him that right there is a significant statement because jesus had just talked about the cost of following him and his disciples they've done it and they're doing it they're following him they get into the boat to follow him We read in verse 24, suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. Completely calm. Verse 27, the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So this storm that came upon the lake of the Sea of Galilee, right, it was a significant storm. The Sea of Galilee that they were crossing was, it still is known for storms that come, violent storms, sudden storms. It's 600 feet below sea level. If you wanted to know, the land to the east is considerably higher. As the warm air rises from the lake, it creates a vacuum that the air in the west rushes to fill in. This brings these strong winds on the lake with little warning. Those, that's for you scientific people who love to know why, right? And these waves are so high and this is the actual, some of the actual sea here. They're so high that they kept spilling over into the boat. Now, we'll talk about storms. We'll talk about the disciples. We'll talk about Jesus. We'll talk about faith. But let's start with, actually, the question, okay? You of little faith, why are you so afraid? You remember we started this series, if you were here, we started talking about anxiety, right? Jesus' question of who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Today we're looking at a question about fear. Why are you so afraid? So anxiety and fear. What's the difference? Actually, I actually had a pastor, a friend, who um, after the storm, we were t- after the storm of the fire, we were talking, and this pastor used to, he used to be a pastor in the inner city, and now he's a pastor in the suburbs, and he told me this as we were talking about anxiety and worry. He said the people in the in the inner city that he was dealing with at the time are mostly dealing with fear. It's imminent. It's in their face. It's today. The the concerns are of today. The people in the suburbs, mostly, not everybody, but mostly are dealing with anxiety, worrying about things that could happen, like tomorrow or down the road. I thought that was interesting to think about. But in this account here, we we are dealing with the immediate. This is right now. This is in their face. This is today. The storm is upon them before they know it. It came as many storms we tend to experience come. It came without warning. It came in the midst of ordinary life, and it, it just upended their lives. It required action, immediate kind of action, and it brought something in them. It evoked fear, fear. And there are all kinds of storms, right? There are storms with weather, but we can go through different kinds of storms, but the same thing comes out. It's fear. And it often comes on when we're least expecting it. We're thrust into the situation we didn't ask for. Maybe you're in that kind of a situation right now. You feel like there's a storm around me. I don't know. I can't get my bearings. I remember as a young man, I was was, uh, just after I got my license, I was driving in Akron. It was a horrible winter day. It was really bad out. And I was practically the only one on the road. I'm driving, and I'm getting off this exit ramp. And this exit ramp has, like, a steep, uh, you know, you can go off the edge. It's trouble. And my car starts fishtailing, right? And I, it's crazy. I am turning. I've, I've, nobody's taught me how to drive. Thank you, parents. Nobody's taught me how to drive in the winter, right? And so I'm turning the wheel into it, and the car's fishtailing. I'm turning it the other way. I'm hitting my brakes trying to understand how this works. And no joke, i got, I got, finally the car came to a stop at the bottom of that exit ramp. And this is what happened. This is no joke. I raised my hands in the air and I went, "Woo! I am the man. That was my response. I am the man. I did it. I maneuvered it. I succeeded. Later on, I came back and thanked God. But that was afterwards, right? I was so proud of myself that I had conquered the storm. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I, I tend to insert myself into the stories in the Bible. So I'm picturing myself, I'm here in this boat, what would I have done? And to be honest, I can't, I, I can't get past the fact that this is on the sea, and it's rough, right, waters? And I would have been a disciple, no joke, I would have been puking my guts out over the side, because me and the sea do not get along. We don't. We never have. In fact, here's me on my honeymoon, all right? This is me on my honeymoon, calm waters, all right, in the British Virgin Islands. Very nice. We're on a day sail, and you don't see Lara. She's seasick too. All right, me and 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 the water—we just don't get along. And this guy too—he hates the water. He does. Here he is. Look, he'll take—he's drinking salt water, and then he's kind of like, "Oh, what's that?" So there's, there's some fear in the Burmeister family of water. We don't like water. But in the account, these are hardier. These are seafaring disciples. So there's no seed sickness. There's this threat though of death. It's right before them. So let's start first with them, the disciples, okay? And let's start to notice what they do in this situation. First of all, they're following Jesus, right? So can you just put your hands together? Let's clap for the disciples, right? They are following Jesus. And that's a good thing. So we need to we need to give him props for that. All right. The storm comes. Jesus is sleeping. That's a whole new thing we'll get to, right? Verse uh, 25, let's see. Uh, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And that's a question, right? Do you wake Jesus in this situation? He's asleep. That's a question. Maybe they were wondering too, how could you be sleeping? Look what's happening. We'll come back to that. But the disciples went to Jesus, right? They went to Jesus. So let's give them another hand. Please join me. Disciples got it, right? They're doing it. They're doing it. They, they know that Jesus was the only means here of escape. So they go to him. Why else would they say, Lord, save us? So And there's exclamation points around the Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Because there's a lot of emotion. And that emotion led them to this conclusion, right? The conclusion is, What? We're going to drown. Like another version says, save us, we're perishing. Now Jesus was with them. The one who had just, if you read the chapter earlier, he had healed a man with leprosy. He had healed a centurion servant. He had cast out demons. He had healed many sick people, some of them with a single word. You're healed. One word. You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Fear. Afraid. That, that Greek word is delos. Delos. And it indicates a, a fear that has a negative path. It's a fear with a negative path. It's a person losing the, 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 the gumption, the fortitude needed to follow Jesus. It's, it's excessive fear of losing that causes someone to lose, just be faint of heart. It's not the body response, it's a problem. It's not like the heart racing, the sweaty palms, the knees, the knees that are weak, the, the pit in your stomach. The emotion shows the situation. It's where the emotion leads. And in the moment, in the moment, an underdeveloped faith leads the mind downward, right? to a conclusion that is unverified, right? A conclusion that's usually undesirable. That's why we hear, maybe we hear someone in our family is sick and our mind goes to the worst case. Oh, it's over. Or we're at work and we get an email from the boss and things maybe have not been going well and he wants a meeting and we're like, it's over. And our mind starts going down that path. Delos, it's like this negative... Thing. Because in the emotion, we can lose our bearings, we can jump to negative conclusions, and and this is this is big, we discard what we know to be true about God. That He is with us, that He cares about the situation, and that ultimately He's in control. And that's what the disciples have done here. Listen, they 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 follow Jesus, yay! They went to Jesus in the storm, yay. But assuming that he's not in control and the outcome is decided, it's we're perishing. That's the underdeveloped part of faith. But let's have grace. Because like us, these guys, these these followers of Jesus, these disciples are figuring it out. They're figuring out what it means to follow. What it means to have faith. Their faith is growing. Save us save us. We are perishing. That's the mindset that storms can bring, right? Delos. That's the mindset. That's why fear can be such an effective motivator. And we hear all the the voices that are trying to to win us, either to buy a product or, or to vote a particular way, whatever. What do they use? They use fear. There are storm creators out there, right? They create the storm so that we get wrapped up in it. And what is their message? You're perishing. You're going down. You got to do something. And listen, listen, we got a responsibility when it comes to the opportunities that God gives us, whether it's voting, whether it's things like that. We need to take that seriously. God's given us that responsibility. And I think, you know, I think we'll be held accountable for that. Every opportunity we have to, to, to push forward people or initiatives that, that reflect the character and the heart of God. Those are important. At the same time, we should never fear. Even, we may even feel a, an emotional reaction to something, but we can't leave God out. We can't connect the dots and say, oh, this is where, this is where it's going to end up. All right, what else do we learn about the disciples? Verse 27, it says, The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So the question is, had the disciples fully grasped, at this point, who Jesus was? Had they they fully connected the dots? They had seen the miracles. They had seen the power But this, this was another level of woe. This dude has power over nature itself. That's something. You think you know a guy, you know? This is powerful. Jesus is God. Only God could do that. And John writes in his gospel, through him, through the word, through Jesus, all things were made. So he is over, he's over, right, the storm. He's above the storm. But a little grace with the disciples, right? Their faith is small, but it is growing. It is growing. And these men would go on to die for Jesus. Their faith would be developed through storms like this. Okay, that's the the disciples. Let's talk about Jesus. Here, what do we notice? Verse 24, let's see. Mm, I think I lost it. There it is. Verse 24. He's what? What's he doing? He's sleeping. Oh, I like Jesus. Man, I like me a good nap. Um, I could never do it in a boat. <laughs> that would never happen. And he's having a good nap here. He he's prob- could be exhausted from ministry. Maybe we learn that Jesus is actually a heavy sleeper. How many of you like can sleep through Anything? Anything, like anything comes, I can sleep through That's a minority. How many people are light sleepers? Like you hear a sound and you're up wondering if somebody's breaking into your house. Okay. The rest of you are somewhere in between, obviously. But at rest is at peace. There's something amazing about someone who can sleep in the middle of a storm like this. He's connected. We, we see that in his life. He's connected with the Father. He's connected with the Spirit. Until he's awakened in verse 25, 26. And he says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? How do you hear that phrase? How do you hear it? You have little faith, why are you so afraid? Do you hear, hear it as, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Do you hear it like that? I think it's easy to hear it that way. And I'll tell you why, two reasons. One, First of all, the dude just got woken up, right? We know, we know some of us in here are not fun when we get woken up, except I think Jesus is. Secondly, it says Jesus rebuked the winds and the waves. It does not say he rebuked his disciples. We read that, I think a lot of us read that into it. He corrected his disciples. He pointed his disciples, but he did not rebuke them. And it's interesting, if you really look at the text there, it says that Jesus said that phrase while he's lying down. Do you see that? It says, then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. So it's important, I think, to, to clarify. And to, I think Jesus was maybe coming out of it, obviously. <laughs> you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? That's very different. I think it's important to clarify because I, I think it speaks to how we think God views us as we go through storms, we, you know, that he's harsh, that that, he, that he's not present, that he's distant. And, and certainly we can believe that when we're in the middle of the storm. We can go that path. That's called delos. It's negative, negative fear. We can believe that he's not, he's not present. In fact, in the Gospel of Mark, in the same account, the di- disciples say, Lord, do you not care? Because that's sometimes where it leads us, our fear, that he's, Gone, that he's left us. But he has revealed to uh, time and time again that in the storm, he's there. He cares, that he is with us. Look at this in the Psalms. I don't even know where I am now. There I am. Okay. (laughs) Psalm 34, the psalmist writes I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, their faces are never covered with shame. Let's talk about in the darkest of storms. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You comfort me. How about in the storm of godless leaders? Jeremiah 42, 11. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Don't be afraid of him, declares the Lord, for I am with you. I'm with you. When we think about uh, men or women who attack us for whatever reason, maybe some of us are going through that right now. Hebrews 13, the Lord has said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So we can say, not just say, but say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Psalm forty six is a so, is a song, they sang. Okay, it's a song about being in the storm, right? It's a song. God is my refuge. I'm not going to sing it for you. God is our refuge and our strength, and ever present, ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the sea. He is with us over and over again. We see it in Scripture. I am with you. I don't leave. Don't leave me. Don't leave me in the storm. Don't forget who I am. So I think Jesus is gentle. I think he invites us to trust in his power. I think he invites us to to know that he knows what he's doing, that he's in control. And as he said... To the storm in the Mark account, it's in the Mark account, when he rebuked the storm, he said, peace, be still. I think he says that to us in the storm, peace, be still, be still. And I I think as we're growing in our faith, as it's developing, we're hearing that more and more. Dan, peace, be still. What else do we learn? What else do we learn about Jesus? Oh, he is Lord over the storms. Peace be still and everything stops. What do we learn about storms? They come unexpected. They come in ordinary life. They reveal where we're at. They reveal who we trust. They evoke emotions that present us with a path. What do we learn about faith? How about about faith? Now, I don't think it's a coincidence that this passage here, it is sandwiched in pretty much a whole chapter or more about faith, examples of faith. Earlier in chapter 8, you can look if you want, where you're at. Earlier in chapter 8, Jesus encounters this man with leprosy. And the man comes to Jesus and says, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. That is, that's faith. Then Jesus heals the servant of a centurion. The centurion says to Jesus, he meets him outside of his house and says, Lord, I don't even deserve for you to come into my house, but you just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus is is pretty blown away by that example of faith. He says in Matthew 8.10, truly I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Fast forward to after the calming of the sea that Jesus does, right? Jesus is, is, is encounters demons, and he's casting demons out of a man. And the demons say to Jesus, what do you want with us, son of God? Have you come here to torture us before our appointed time? And they see this herd of pigs, and they say to Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. Man, that's faith, isn't it? The demons had faith. They, they had faith that God would do what he wanted, that, that what he would said would be done. They had faith in God's power and that they were powerless against it. You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Faith has the opportunity to grow, to develop, to, to strengthen through this, these storms that come. And they're coming. And that's how it was for Jesus' followers. That's how, he, that's how he developed them. Because it, it wouldn't be too long before, again, there was another faith test. This time it was on water again. Ah, more water. Matthew 14, right? Disciples, it's a night. They see somebody on the water, walking on the water, and they are terrified. Terrified. They're terrified. They think it's a ghost. Jesus says, it's me. Don't be afraid. Don't let what you're feeling lead you to to conclusions. And Peter's ready to show his faith. He steps up, says, Lord, if it's you, I love Peter. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus says. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, when he saw the wind, he saw the storm, he began to sink. He was afraid. He began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Same phrase as before. right? Jesus reaches out his hand and catches him. He's there. He's present. What does he say? You of little faith. Same phrase. Why did you doubt? And then when they all climbed back in the boat, those who were in the boat worshiped Jesus, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. It's the same phrase reaction oh you're god see the faith is developing it's developing and there are going to be more storms along the way even at the point of jesus going to the cross right he's in the upper room he's training these disciples getting their faith ready they were about to need it in a huge way he's training them in john 16 we read this the disciples this is the disciples they're talking first Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. This is right before he's about to go. They had all these examples. Do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I'm not alone for the Father is with me. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace, peace in this world. Storms. But take heart. I have overcome. I have overcome the world. He's prepping them. He's getting them ready to exercise their faith. He's telling them, take heart. Have peace. Though the storms are raging, spiritually, you can take a nap in the storm. Peace. I tell you these examples here because they are to show you that faith develops. It's a, it's a muscle that develops over time as we see, understand, and know who our God is. And that he's with us. So we have grace with ourselves as we did with the disciples. Because the disciples, right, their faith was small. These men would die. These men would go on to die for Jesus. But grace with ourselves, even if we've failed in the storms in the past. I have. I wish I could go back and change things I've done in storms in the past. But even though that's happened, don't worry. There's another storm. It's coming. It's coming probably sooner than you think. So we, we got to look back. We got to look back and see. That's why we've got to understand who God is. We've got to understand what his word says. And this is probably where we have some more responsibility than, than the disciples, although they had a lot of Examples and stories, too, because we have, in the word of God, account after account of God showing once again that he's Lord over all, that he's with us, that he cares, that he'll be there in the storm, that he's present, that he has not left. And that his will will prevail in all things. As the leper said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. I know you can do it if you will. And I think that's probably the response that Jesus was hoping to develop in the disciples on the Sea of Galilee and through other trials. Instead of Lord, we're perishing. Lord is bad out. <laughs> if you will, you can make it stop. If you don't, we'll write it out together. I trust you. Life And tell especially our young people, man, life is about learning this. You, You will be presented with storm after storm after storm. And we can fight it, we can we can turn against God, we can do all kinds of things. But in the ultimately, in the end, we're just gonna have to accept the fact that God is God and He is above us. And he loves us, he wants to be with us, but ultimately his will will prevail. And so there's an amount of surrender that's got to happen in our lives with the Lord. So let's apply this. I'll say this, you are, you're either waiting for a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. I think you're going to be one of those things the rest of your life. In this world, you will have trouble. Until Jesus comes back, and it's going to be a glorious day when he comes back, we're going to have to deal with storms. So what can we do? Well, let's talk about before the storm. We cognitively, we have to understand storms are coming, and that means we've got to be prepared for storms, and it's best to prepare now to develop faith. Oh, the storm's going to develop it too, But it's best for us to develop it. So we're in the word of God. We're learning about him. We're seeing his power. We're seeing his greatness. We're seeing his presence. We're seeing he cares that he's not asleep, but he's with us. And then we start to think about, okay, how will I look to Jesus when this comes? How will I do it? When the emotions are presenting paths. Okay? Are we surrounded by other people, brothers and sisters, who will literally point us to Jesus in the storm? When the emotions are calling us, Delos, down a negative path to try and cope with the storm. Let's talk about in the storm, right? When the storm comes, it's okay. It's okay to feel things. It's okay to feel emotions. But we have to look to the one who is over the storms, and we have to learn to trust him. How do we do this? If you're like me, man, sometimes I can't even think in the storm. You probably feel that way. I think I can't breathe when things hit sometimes. So you know you best. You you know probably the best way to prepare but here's here's a, an idea, right? Sometimes we can't breathe in a storm. So what does it look like to to actually take a deep breath? And as we do it, um, Lee did this with us earlier. It's great. We breathe in, we take a deep breath, and when we breathe in, we remember that God is with us and that God cares. <sighs> take a deep breath, and then we breathe out. And breathing out is it's surrender. I know you are, God. I'm surrendering this to you. Oh, I'm going to ask you. I know you can make this storm go away if you will. There's an element of surrender. Here's something I do in my own life. I've been doing this for seven, eight years. I come back to this. Okay, I've got a, a file on my computer. This is just my way because I know me. Got a file on my computer. I open it up whenever something hits that comes out of the blue and it things start swirling around in my life. And I start to say, start to head down those paths, right? Of where you can go. Let me read it to you. I'm happy to share this with you on. I literally read this to myself. God, you are in control. Although this is absolutely hard and it feels like a punch to the gut. This is something that you've seen before in your Lord over. You are with me in this. Dan, and I address myself, Dan, do not attempt to go down the road of where this will lead and how this will take down your life, those you love, or his church. Know that God is capable of producing an outcome and expanding his kingdom in a way that is so much greater than you could imagine. So take a deep breath and breathe him in. He's with you. He's got this. I've lost count of how many times I've read through this, okay? Because the storms come, and they come, and they come. And my faith is developing, just like yours is. I'm trying to release control and just go with where God is going. Trust him. It's not easy, but that's the path he invites us to. Also, in the storm, know this. You are not alone. You've got a family. You should have brothers and sisters around you. I want to say this. Part of developing your faith is to not keep the storm to yourself. This is part of exercising the faith that God intended for you, to let others know about the storm. It's dangerous not to. Pray for me, you text. I'm in a storm right now with my family. Pray for me. And if you get... A message like that, or you hear somebody's in a storm, you drop what you're doing, you pray, and you figure out, how can I love my brother or sister who's in a storm? We love, we point the person to Jesus. Have you seen this, this video, they, that uh, this, this bear that shows up, right, on the picnic table of a mother and son? This is a storm, right? And look what, what the mom does. Mom pulls her son and covers his eyes. Gets him to focus right on her until the storm passes. This is a picture of turning our, our head, our eyes to the Lord. It's also a challenge for us to do the same thing for each other when we're going through something. We point, we draw close, we point them to Jesus. Let's talk about after the storm. When the storm comes, on the other side, we are regrouping, we're preparing, and hopefully we're trusting We're trusting deeper. There will be cleanup efforts after a storm. There will be grief. There will be pain. It will feel like the storm has not ended, that it's lingering on and on. Because faith is not like this one time you flip a switch and everything just goes back, right? It's a daily trust and surrender To God. So we we galvanize with God with our community. We take the storm one day at a time, one faith step at a time. And if we drop the ball, if we fail, we confess it and we we move on. We realize we'll be better prepared for the next storm. Because in the storms, we just understand the reality of life. It becomes crystal clear to us again. We get comfortable, and then the storm comes, we becomes crystal clear who's in charge who's in control, and what life is about. So delos is a a, a negative fear, but there's a positive fear. It's, it's, It's phobos, okay? Another word for fear in the Greek, phobos. And in Philippians 2, we see it. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear, this positive fear that leads to a different outcome a trust with trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This is his. This is his. This is his. Why are you so afraid, you of little faith? We need to have grace With ourselves, and we need to ask as we're even in our prayers, as we're praying to God, right? We're praying, and do our prayers even reflect jumping to conclusions? God, this is the outcome, help me. And maybe we need to hear, wait a second, you have little faith, why are you so afraid? Trust me. So I'm gonna call the band up, and just to close, Um, In Matthew 26, Jesus was in the greatest storm of his life here. He falls down on his face before he's about to go to the cross. He's feeling emotions. And he says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Even in the intensity of this moment, surrender. Surrender to God's plan, to his will. Can I, can I say this? You, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. I don't know how anybody goes through this life without him. I don't know how anybody faces the storms that this life throws at you without the love, the mercy, the grace, the presence of Jesus with you. How are you going to do it? He followed through, in Matthew 26, he followed through to the cross to be with us. It says, in his word that he has made, for those who believe in him, he has made his home with us, he and his Father in the Spirit. He invites us, if we don't follow him, to surrender and to trust his way, his path, his will, to embrace the cross, to embrace forgiveness that brings purpose, that brings the possibility for for understanding and for peace. So when will it happen? When will it happen? When will you surrender to that? Is it gonna take you your whole life to get to the end and say, okay, I finally get it? Or are you gonna say right now, man, I need Jesus right now in my life. My way is not working. I need the one who brings peace and rest. Let's pray. God. Thank you for your son. Thank you for the mission, his mission to come to die for us, to make us right with you. That if anybody would believe in him and what he did on the cross and in his name, they can be saved and you can come make a home and you can help develop faith and peace and rest. Oh God, we need that. We need that. Peace, peace, be still. In Jesus' name, amen. You can stand and let's sing.